You've all gone the extra mile to revise this. We're in great shape for the client meeting. Thank you all. You're here for others. The urgent care is closed. Should we go to the ER? You know what? I know what to do. We're here for you. That is a little bit higher than normal, but medically, it's not a fever. Oh good, that's a relief. Have a great day, sweetheart. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> the client loved it. We're approved to move forward. Great job, everyone. Live fearless, North Carolina. Wait, wait. She told me that she cooking. I said, gonna make a plate. I'm on the way. It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Thursday, October 17th. I'm Donald Ware, of course, on Thursdays. Generally, we take a look at the Box to Row National Game of the Week, and today will be no different as North Carolina A&T, the number one team in HBCU football, travels to Tallahassee to take on the Florida A&M Rattlers, the number four team in all of HBCU football. Florida A&M ranked number four in the Box to Row coaches and media polls while the Aggies sit at number one in both polls. Um, I'm going to have fun breaking this game down for you guys. Full disclosure for those that are unfamiliar with this program, unfamiliar uh, with me. I am the play-by-play voice for North Carolina A&T football. So I know I know the Aggies are pretty well. Meanwhile, I look at Florida A&M, and I really like what Willie Simmons is building there in his second season as the head football coach in Tallahassee as Florida A&M, one of the hottest teams in all of HBCU football has won five straight games, has really bounced back nicely after the 62 to nothing loss at the hands of UCF to open the season. One of those wins was against a good Southern football team, a Southern football team that, as a matter of fact, has a pretty good defense. So I want to start with the Rattlers and what I've, what I like, you know, I've been, if you've listened to this show for really, this is the third season that I've been saying that Ryan Stanley is an elite level quarterback in the MEAC. And I've been saying that because this is a guy that can pass the football. The, the, the one thing I think that has been holding Stanley back has been the turnovers, especially in crucial situations. You look at the game against Bethune-Cookman last year in the Florida Classic where all Florida A&M had to do was win that football game and they go to the or the in the Rattlers go to the celebration bowl and at the end of the game trying to make a play Stanley throws an interception if you looked at his first two years in the league um, he was more of a of a guy that could run with the football good passer but um, the, the previous regime allowed for Stanley to run the football in Willie Simmons's system he's purely a pocket passer and if you look at the numbers He's completing 61% of his passes for 1,708 yards, 13 touchdowns to four interceptions. You know, last week I ranked my top five players at the midway point. And, I mean, he, you know, Ryan Stanley right there. He's like number six. I mean, he's right there. I mean, he is having a really, really good season. I'm going to tell you what's even more impressive about Florida A&M and Stanley. And I guess really overall the offense is the pass protection that the Florida A&M offensive line gives. Ryan Stanley has only been sacked two times this year. Only two times this year. You look at the turnovers, or at least you look at the interceptions, only four. So that tells me that the offensive line is doing a good job. 
they're allowing for Stanley to be able to sit there in the pocket, uh, make his reads, and and be able to make some plays downfield. One of the one of the things that Florida A and M doesn't excel at in terms of from an offensive perspective is running the football. They're not running the football very well at all. As a matter of fact, dead last in the MEAC in rushing yards per game, 89 and a half yards. A&T prides itself on stopping the run. Um, I, I think we'll see Florida A&M run the football a little bit more in this football game because if you're the Aggies, your mindset coming in is, okay, Florida A&M, doesn't I mean they 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 run the football decent like when you look at the balance between run and pass for Florida A&M I mean you're talking about 205 rushes uh to 243 pass attempts this year so that's that's good balance when you look at it and Florida A&M really just not able to run the football effectively 2.6 yards per carry they're leading the Rattlers leading rushers Bishop Bonnet uh, 221 yards rushing, only 3.2 yards per carry. So if I'm A&T, um, you know, and Sam Washington has said this, they need to, they want to place an emphasis on defending the pass better. Nobody stops the run better than North Carolina A&T, but they're going to have to definitely do, the Aggies going to have definitely have to do a better job in terms of defending the pass. And the thing about it, Receiving wise, Florida A&M solid. Xavier Smith having a really good season. David Manigold, you know, guys like Azende Ray. I mean, these guys, George Webb is a more of a deep threat type of guy. Doesn't catch as many balls, but he can stretch the defense. That is a potent Rattler offense uh, from a passing perspective in the wide receivers are really, really good. How does A&T counter that? Well, A&T is definitely going to have to be able to rush and put some pressure. I think if you put some pressure on Ryan Stanley, force him to throw the ball a little bit sooner than he wants to throw the ball, I mean, I think that's going to bode well for North Carolina A&T. I mean, if you look um, at the Aggies, they have done a very good job, as a matter of fact, in terms of putting pressure on the quarterback. They've done a solid job all season in terms of putting pressure on the quarterback, and they're going to have to do uh, a little bit more of that, 14 sacks on the season. They're going to have to do a lot more of that come this football game. Um, that defensive line is a is an FBS-level type of defensive line. I mean, Jermaine, da uh, Jermaine McDaniel on one side, man, he is absolutely um, awesome in terms of being able to rush the passer. He has done a phenomenal job in terms of, uh, rushing the passer this year uh, in terms of the sacks um, that he's been able to get just as an individual player, six sacks uh, on the season. Also, um, obviously, Mac McCain is back. The, the, the Aggies a little bit banged up in the secondary a little bit, but they've got some good quarters, corners again led by Mac McCain. And then that, that defense and the linebackers, um, you just you, you it's it's they're so fast it's just hard to run against North Carolina a t but again the Aggies gonna have to put some pressure no question on Ryan Stanley elite level quarterback in the MEAC. let's flip-flop it let's now look at North Carolina a t's offense it all begins with Jermaine Martin 
phenomenal running back, 742 yards rushing uh, in just five games this year, 11 touchdowns. He's got uh, more. He's got at least five, uh, maybe six of those 11 touchdowns have been of 60 yards or more rushing. Two touchdowns in the victory over Norfolk State two weeks ago. Four touchdowns. Uh, um, excuse me. He had uh, two. Uh, yeah, two touchdowns. He had four touchdowns. Three touchdowns against Norfolk State. Excuse me. He had um, uh, against Delaware State four rushing touchdowns. Two more against Charleston Southern. He had a 67-yard rush, uh, touchdown rushing touchdown um, against Duke. So this young man can run the football. And one of the reasons he's able to run the football, much like Florida A&M has a good offense, so does the North Carolina A&T. The Aggie offense, uh, offensive line, that is, is very, very good. Opens up some really big holes for Martin. It's a guy, and Martin's a guy that once he gets to the second, third level, uh, you know, you can almost forget about it. I mean, his, his speed is so tremendous. Like, I would liken him as a mix, um, it's sort of a, a, a mix between a guy that can really, you know, run you over, uh, but also having a, a kind of that uh, Tariq Cohen speed. Not that fast, but he's got some tremendous speed, and if he gets in the open field, it's uh, it, it, it's pretty much over. But again, that offensive line has been tremendous. I think if you're Florida A&M, um, you're going to want the quarterback, Jaleel Carter, to beat you. Now, Jaleel Carter has had you know, a, a, a decent year, 822 yards passing, six touchdowns, no interceptions. As a matter of fact, he has not thrown an interception in 223 pass attempts. His completion percentage is around 53%. So, you know, he's not going to be super duper accurate. And also you have to account for the fact that he can run the football a little bit as well. So if I'm Florida a or if you're Florida a you definitely want to be able to put some pressure um, on Khalil Carter to make him not uh, go through, you know, uh, uh, not be able to find that receiver or be able to get rid of the football or trying to get the, rid of the football a little bit sooner than he wants to. But A&T has some really good receivers. Elijah Bell is having a really, really good year, has become this year North Carolina A&T's all-time leader in terms of receiving yards uh, and receptions. Zachary Leslie, who had a breakout year on last year, has really started to come around. The last couple of games, A&T uses that sort of tight end wide receiver combination in Quinzel Lockhart, you know, he's going to be dangerous um, as well. So if I'm Florida A&M or if you're a Rattlers fan, you want to be able to put some pressure um, on this Aggie passing game. And Florida A&M really is good against the run. Like the the, you're talking about the Aggies being number one against the run. Guess what? Florida A&M number two against the run giving up a little more than 112 yards per game, which is not bad. They're very solid against the run. Um, pass-wise, not so much. So if you're, a- if you're Florida A&M, you got to get after Khalil Carter because if you give him time, especially to find a guy like a Bell um, or, or even a Zachary Leslie, that's going to be a long day. Those are big, big receivers and going to be a, a nightmare matchup for Florida A&M's cornerbacks so again A&T or A&M gonna have to put some pressure on Khalil Carter force him uh, to throw the football a little bit uh, sooner 
than he ultimately had planned. So it's a six o'clock game in Tallahassee. Um, you know, very excited about this football game. Very excited about being able to be there and call this football game because I tell you what, it's going to be a great football game. And by the way, Florida A&M came to Greensboro last year and got the victory, seventeen to sixteen. Probably a game, a, a, a game really that A&T should have won, but. You got to figure that the Aggies going to have that revenge factor uh, on their minds. They want to stay undefeated in MEAC play, need to stay atop the MEAC because Bethune-Cookman, I tell you what, Bethune-Cookman, the other team in the MEAC that's playing some outstanding football right now. So that's a look at the Box to Row National Game of the Week. North Carolina A&T at Florida A&M should be a good one. Uh, don't forget about the weekend edition. Uh, from the press box to press row, got a big show for you. As a matter of fact, Indianapolis Colts wide receiver uh, Chester Rogers, who played his college football at Grambling, uh, is set to join us on the program. So uh, you don't want to miss that interview. Again, the weekend edition uh, from the press box to press row uh, can be heard on a radio station near you. Also, a little NASCAR talk, William Byron. William Byron, NASCAR driver, also going to join us on the weekend edition of From the Press Box to Press Row. So should be a, a, a pretty good show and one, as a matter of fact, that you don't want to miss. Have a great day. Yeah.